before I, I get into, uh, I have a couple slides about prayer and fasting coming up. And uh, some, you know, we have many new families in the church. And, and uh, one of the things I've learned close to 30 years of pastoring is don't assume everybody knows, you know, what you're talking about when you mention something. And so uh, I just want to read, if you pull up this uh, verse of Matthew six seventeen, <clears throat> Lord is saying, Jesus says, but when, but you, when you fast, say that to me, say, but you, when you fast. Well, if I read that, that tells me, okay, Jesus is saying, me, I'm me, you, right? And when I decide to fast, actually in the Greek, what it means, anoint your head, wash your face so that you may not be seen fasting by men, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. How many see that say amen? And so we see that Jesus insisted that uh, uh, fasting is not for the sake of impressing other people and and all of that. And uh, we know that fasting is mentioned 30 plus times in the New Testament, and it's always in a favorable condition or in favorable uh, uh, setting. Um, let me just, I, I wrote this down, uh, and you can pull this up, a definition generally accepted about fasting. Fasting is a temporary renunciation of something that is in itself good like food. How many know food is good? Yes. In order, uh-oh, to intensify our expression of need for something greater, namely God and his work in our lives. How many know God is greater? He gives it, yeah, that was, didn't go over pretty well that one. <laughs> but really, without him, in our, you know, we could be starving, you know, in many, many countries. And we thank God that we have provision here. And so one thing quickly, too, before we begin, uh, fasting doesn't have the same place in our faith that it, 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 it does, like, say, for Islam. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be a good Muslim, you can't say, well, I'm going to be a good Muslim, but I'm not going to do Ramadan, which is they require. Somebody say require. You have to, and you have to make a trek in your life, if you're physically able, to Mecca, all right? And, and, uh, and, it's, and here it is. It's 30 days fasting. We got three, okay? We got 30 days, sunrise, sunset. Yeah, so I think this year it's anywhere from April to May uh, for Ramadan, but <clears throat> I worked for uh, the very devout Muslims, my wife and I, in Texas, when we uh, were first married and moved down there, and, and uh, Sadru and Ziba was their name, and she was a very attention to detail woman, and she was exceptional. She owned six Baskin Robins, and you can only own one uh, from a, 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 I hear from a corporate, and she owned them in Canada. She was just very organized. They were very disciplined. She got up four in the morning. She would go to the mosque, and and we had an opportunity as Christians while we were there for those few years to witness to them and to try to live as an example as a Christian <clears throat> in there. And there was times I had to repent, uh, but, uh, you know, they loved on us. And, and uh, I had an opportunity before we left to give them a, a Christian Bible, which was huge. And, and, and present that to them and say, you know, as believers. And I remember Sadhu saying, he said that, you know, you made us a lot of money. I'm like, well, I wish we would have seen some of that. But, but anyhow, we made them a lot of money by trying to be exceptional employees down there, as difficult as it was, and my wife running the counter and us running those plants. But, uh, but, but, but it's different. 
we don't have that. God isn't commanding us to fast, but it's, 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 there's numerous indications in there that, that it was normal. And we see this in Jesus speaking, and, and especially in Matthew, and there's others. There's, tr- there's a lot of uh, corporate expressions. And I'm going to take next Sunday before our three days and just, just talk briefly about that fasting for the service. And we'll, Lord willing, continue in our series week after. But so that's uh, next Monday through Wednesday. And we're going we're gonna to go to the new building. So uh, we'll probably need help breaking up all the snow and ice that the contractors didn't shovel out of the way. But we'll have that cleared out for you all. But, <clears throat> but there's heat in the building. There's the carpet. And, and so you can walk and you can pray. And, and we'll have a, uh, a little prayer guide for those who walk in and go, okay, uh, now what? That's a lot of you. And you can see, I didn't know how to pray when I started and locked myself in the closet, got on my knees. And I was like, <sighs> and after about four minutes, I prayed everything I knew to pray. Come on. And so, so <clears throat> now what? But uh, we'll have a little guide for you that actually it's a warfare guide and, and we'll maybe have some other stuff that I started uh, when I was in Okinawa, Japan. And I was there with the Marine Corps stationed in 1985, and it's a warfare guide, and it's about praying, praying your family, it's prophetic declarations, and and uh, so for you don't don't know where to begin, it takes you five to maybe nine minutes to read, depending how slow or fast you want to. But I found it very thorough, and 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 when I when I got that, one of the missionaries there, he challenged me to pray. He said, "You need to have a regular time where you seek the Lord." And I was like, well, I, uh, I get up real early in the morning and we're out doing things, doing PT. I couldn't do that. I said, but I have a noon hour from 11 to 1 for formation. And 11 o'clock, you dismissed. And so I ran to the chow hall. And then I'm like, okay, now, Lord, I need a place to pray. So I'm in Okinawa, Japan. I mean, you know, it's a Buddhist little island there. <clears throat> and there's no Christianity, hardly any. And I'm like, where can I go on base? Well, the only thing they had, true story, was Buddhist temples. And they were small, and they took care of them, and they were quiet. <clears throat> so don't throw stones. I walked in there, and I commanded every devil in the name of Jesus out of that place. They had, like, gorgiles around. And, and, and I began to pray this prayer uh, for a year. I would go there every noon hour and, and seek the Lord. And God met me there in that temple. Can somebody say amen? <clears throat> because you, how many know we have authority over that? I'm not going to lie, at times I looked up at that Gorgiles, if anything was moving, but God moved in my life. Something happened, though, in my spirit man. And this is the most important thing of why we do this is, is, is not just a, you know, we'll talk more about it, it's just consecration and suffering, and it's none of that works, no. It is an expression of love, and, and, and there's a number of things we can talk about about that. So, uh, how many see that say Amen. So why don't you, we really encourage you, and I wrote this down, that I'm asking you, if some of you consider me your pastor, to be in prayer this week on what the Holy Spirit is asking of you personally. Okay? Really, think about that. And some of you, it may be a real big situation in your future, and, and what is the next step? That would be the issue, maybe. Maybe it's for your spouse. Maybe it's for a child then have a, a prayer for that child. Do something actively that, that you seek the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for your attentiveness with that. Uh, let's take a moment and pray as we begin. Father, I humble myself before you, and I recognize that in and of myself, 
I have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me and give to your people what they need here today. I thank you for rhema words. I thank you for words of exhortation and challenge and even conviction, Lord. Areas where we need to make spiritual alignment in our lives. Lord, my desire is to honor you here today. It's in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. So we're just continuing in our Destiny Moment series, and I subtitled this uh, Suddenly, Suddenly, and, and God has suddenlies for us, God's destiny moments. And there's a verse, uh, I have uh, Jeremiah one twelve. Jeremiah one twelve. Then said the Lord unto me, you have well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Somebody shout hasten. And so we'll talk about that in a moment. But you know, I got an email this week, and and I recognize as a pastor that it's not about me, the message. It's not about, you know, if I felt it was good or not. How many hear what I'm saying? It's really what the Lord wants, amen. But once in a while, it's nice to be encouraged, amen. So I got an encouraging email this week. And how this series has been speaking, and it's to Mandy, Mandy Rice. And so I've asked her to jump up impromptu, like I tackled her here this morning. So... And she sent an email, and she said some things. Yes, let's give her a hand. Thank you for being bold. <clears throat> and I, it's on. I, I asked her just to, you know, what's going on, and I'll let her just kind of share what the Lord spoke to her about what's going on. Well, good morning. This is not my cup of tea getting up here, but um, just in the past, uh, we've had a lot of struggles. My dream was to have a bigger family, and that didn't happen. Um, my dream was to... Um, I just had some things that I was working through and praying a lot for. And I think had I not sat down and looked through all these suddenlies, I went to realize how much I'd been praying for and what God suddenly did for us overnight. It seemed like overnight. Um, Just the content of my heart of being a family of three, um, the content of us changing schools, starting a school, um, not being in the world of, how's it say, not of, in? You're not in the world. You know, I'll You're not them, of the world, I'll but you are in the world. One. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> you are here. You are here. But just um, getting over the, um, you know, thinking that I got to do things for other people instead of mm. my family and for Jesus. And in my massage room, like the words that I'm speaking, and he's just taking control of that and giving me so much peace. And last Monday, I just sat down and I was like, Holy Spirit, just revealed to me all my suddenlies. And it was pages. And it went back to being cured from Lyme's disease and the hurts from our um, miscarriages, our baby losses. Um, and the plans that I thought were my plans were not the right plans. And I just think if you don't sit down and do the suddenlies, you're going to miss the joy on the other side of it. Because now I just look and my family's here. We prayed about church. The Lord put a church, a new church home on my heart for two years. And I was like, oh, why am I still doing this? When is it going to happen? Suddenly... We were here, and I'm just so very thankful. So I encourage you, challenge you, like, tomorrow, tonight, sometime, sit down and look through your suddenlies because it's joyful, and you can just praise him for being an amazing God. So there you are. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Eric and Mandy. Amazing couple. Blessing to the church. Uh, Galatians 6.9, if you can pull that up, Galatians 6.9. And so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Say that again. (laughs) So let's not get tired of doing what is good. 
At just the right time, God says, we will reap a harvest of blessing. There's the condition, if we don't give up. If we don't give up. And we said this, that uh, we believe that we are in a keros miracle. That's what that word means, time. And harvest, it means an opportune time, an opportune season, a fitting time. And it's different than the day in and day out chronos time, where we get the word chronological, like a calendar, uh, uh, duration of time. But a carol's time is an appointed time. It's a suitable time for an action to take place. And we've talked about that, how God is really, we've entered because we didn't give up. And you've heard through the years, many times I've wanted to give up, but we didn't give up. And we persevered and we're seeing it. And we're seeing this verse manifest in our midst. And it's amazing. It's, you know, we call it miraculous now. Well, it's a miracle, but really what it was is not quitting. So don't quit. Amen. Nub your neighbor and say, don't quit. Don't quit. And so uh, we talked about Psalm 114.3. Maybe you can pull that up and gives us insight in what happened with the children of Israel and their, their backs were against the sea. And the Bible said that when the Israelites, uh, uh, the Red Sea, the Red Sea saw, I didn't know seas can see, but the Red Sea saw the Israelites coming and hurried out of their way. What an amazing, uh, one translation says, when the sea looked at God's people, it ran away. It ran away. We knew it was God's power. <clears throat> hurrying out of the way. And we said that when you come into your destiny moment, don't worry. The enemies of your faith in that season, they're going to hurry out of your way. They're going to move out of your way. I read in Psalm 147, 15, it says, God sends forth his commandment upon the earth and his word runneth very swiftly, very swiftly. And so when God's word, when he said in the beginning, let there be light, even scientists know that now the universe is not contracting, expanding, it's expanding. It's not stopping. It's continuing to expand. Why? When God says something, it'll continue to go on. Amen. <clears throat> so I want to interject here uh, as we talk about and continue about uh, suddenlies and we'll see how far we get here this morning. I don't wake up, and, and I just I felt, I don't know, for some reason, I want to temper this a little bit, that you think maybe, oh, Pastor Mike wakes up and go, oh, what is Jesus going to do for me today? You know, what is it, you know, my, get my blessing today. When my, I, I don't, I'm not that guy. I have expectation, okay? All right, now, I, but I, I, I wake up and my posture is, Lord, what do you want from me today? Come on, somebody. And, 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 and Lord, I pray, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. That, 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 that's my prayer. I just feel I need a temper. Lord, what adjustments or alignments do I need to make today? Who do I need to forgive today? <laughs> Who, what situation do I just need to release and let it go? See, it's not, I, it's not a man-centered faith. I'm trying to be God-centered. Do you hear what I'm saying? So I just felt, you know, to interject this. And my faith is, you know, and we're all self-centered, myself included. And But I try not to be, it's centered around me, myself, and I. Lord, what do you want? You know, what is, you know, uh, what, what is your heart for, for me? And, but with that, I have an expectant heart. I don't walk around saying nothing good works out for me. If you say that, you need to repent. That's for someone. Everything I try. I kind of grew up with that. Every time I try to, nothing works out for me. You know what? Well, or this. Well, if something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. 
I renounce that in Jesus' name. But don't talk like that. Don't talk. Just say, you know what? God is moving on my behalf. You know what? I don't understand this situation right now, but he's going he's gonna to turn it around. He suddenly is coming. And you can just have that. But, but some people, they just do it. And sometimes, you know, for sympathy. And I do sometimes, you know, need that. I walk around and nobody loves me. And I just need a hug. That's all, you know, for my family. <clears throat> And, 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 and so, and I kind of get, get out of it, and I get counsel out of it. And, but but, but we, we are to have expectant hearts. How many with me say amen? And see, he, the truth of the matter is that God doesn't have any, you know, doesn't really have to do anything else for me. He's already done it through the cross. Really, every single day we could wake up knowing our, we're, we're going to heaven. Heaven is our home. As a believer, we've received Christ. We repented. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. We can rejoice every day if he does nothing for us the rest of our life. Well, God is a giver, and he still wants to bless and speak and have these, I believe, destiny moments in our life because he's such a good God. Amen? Jeremiah 1.12. Maybe you can bring that up. Then said the Lord unto me, and this is God's calling Jeremiah as a prophet. He says... Uh, you have well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Another translation says, I am watching, and I will certainly carry out all my plans. And another one says, I am actively watching. Do you know that God is actively watching over your life? Let that sink in. He says, I'm watching over my word to fulfill it. He says this, I always rise early to keep a promise. How many know God doesn't need to sleep? But he's using it, you know, hyperbole. Maybe that's the way to use it. Hey, I rise up and I watch you to keep my promise. I am watching to make sure that my words come true. And when God says it, you can believe it. It will happen. God hastens his word quickly, speedily, in a hurry. One commentator says this about, I will hasten. He says, I am hastening. It is the name of an almond tree in Hebrew, which was called because that almond tree of very few trees are very rare. Uh, it, it, it's it quick and it's early with its leaves more than any other tree. And that's what that's a relate, related to, that word in the Hebrew. And it brings forth its flowers and leaves and fruit faster than any other tree. And that's what the Lord's saying when he talks about hastening. Now, once again, I'm not saying that we don't have to wait in the things of God. There are things that take time. How many know that there are, there are growth things in our life that has to happen through the chronological growth, excuse me, chronological season, those, those uh, times. Isaiah 40, 31. Isaiah 40, 31 said, but those who wait, somebody shall wait upon the Lord, will what? Will renew their strength. So in the waiting, there's a renewing. Did you hear that? <clears throat> There is a, in the waiting, there's a renewing. And, 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 and if someone said, well, pastor, I'm just, I'm waiting on God to move. Just waiting. And it's been 20, 30, 50, you know, waiting on, okay, waiting in the Hebrew is not passive. Okay. I, I never forget this. Every time I read this verse, I pull this up just to be funny. There's a movie I saw, Christmas Vacation. I don't encourage you to watch it, but it, it's with Chevy Chase. And he has his cousin, Eddie, that shows up in the RV, dumping out the sewer, you know, in the neighbor. And Eddie is just, oh, he's hilarious because he just, he doesn't get it. But but there's a scene that they talk about. He has no money for, for the gifts for his family. So he gives the list to Chevy Chase to buy gifts for his family. And there's this thing between Clark and his wife says, how can they have nothing for their children? 
Well, Ellen says he's been out of work for close to seven years. In seven years, Clark said he couldn't find a job. Catherine says he's been holding out for management position. <laughs> I don't know why I never forget that. Don't be that guy, you know, just holding out for that management position. Listen, <laughs> do something. Well, it didn't work out. It crashed and burned. At least you did something. At least you tried, amen? And a lot of times we're just sitting at the green light waiting, thinking it's red. I don't want to miss God. Well, no kidding. How many of you know that motion and moving forward, God can direct you off to an exit? He could say, okay, okay, you're moving forward here. But the problem is there's a passivity in understanding the will of God with so many people, especially up here, nothing happens. Nobody does anything. You know, they don't, you know, not, not, not everybody, but the, it, it paralyzes people because if I don't have the exact, if I, what if I make a mistake and people notice? Who cares? You don't think they didn't make a mistake? You know, most millionaires, when they try out, fail numerous times. And someone knew better would have a better handle on than I would about how many times they crashed and burned and tried this and tried that and it didn't work and they went bankrupt and they lost everything, lost their house, but they keep moving forward. What do they chalk it up as? They don't look at, watch this now, they don't look at that as a failure in their life. That paralyzes them. You know what they look at that as? Well, I learned a good lesson. Learn something there. That's how they handle it. They don't look, oh, what are people gonna say? Who cares? Just do something. Step out in faith. Amen. And know this, we'll be there to celebrate you. Even if you crash and burn, that's okay. <laughs> we'll celebrate you because we know you're taking a step of faith. Just do something. Well, I would like to lead a little life group or I have something on my heart or whatever. Step out in faith. Nobody came. Well, try something different. Just do something else. Amen. Anyhow, I don't know I haven't got off on that, but to wait, stepping out. It means, watch this interesting, in the Hebrew, to twist to stretch, the tension of enduring, like a cord to be strong. It also means like a strand of rope <clears throat> to endure, to remain together, together, to look patiently, to wait on like a waiter. Now, how many of you had great waiters? You know, you go to a restaurant, and then we had our share of those that are, you know, less than desirable. Maybe we'll just leave it at that. And uh, <clears throat> anyhow, uh, but but that's how many know that that is something that's not passive, but that is active. So that's the that's the picture I want to leave with you. With those who wait upon the Lord are not holding out for a management position. Those that wait upon the Lord are actively involved. They're doing what are they doing? They're getting up. They're seeking the Lord. They're getting the Word of God in their life, and they're praying. They're just worshiping, and they're they're just they have a posture of one. You know, they're watching their confession, and you know they're they're there about what, when they hear of a situation. Quick to let's pray over that. Let's declare it. That's what it means to wait. It's active. It's not passive. All right. I'm not just just waiting, waiting. No. When the opportune time comes, when God moves, there's something we need to do. And if you're just waiting and you don't act, you miss the moment. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I thought about that, and I thought the illustration like a spider's web. I hate spiders. Just throwing that out there. <clears throat> but some spiders, they make a web each night, and then they take it down in the morning. I didn't know that. Like, they eat it or whatever. They pick it back up, save that, whatever it is, Spider-Man stuff, and uh, 
you know? And, and then when you see it, all oh, these dumb spiderwebs, what do we do? Just knock it. What do we clean? Oh, how is this? There's some of them that are bigger and, oh, they're hiding in a little sack and it, it's so nasty. I'm like, who created these creatures? God couldn't have. It must be a mishap. But what happens? You destroy it and what do they do the next day? They get back up. They make another web. I've never heard a spider complain. Come in, knock their web down, just start over again. Come on, someone shall wait. Don't get discouraged. <clears throat> Hallelujah. When you don't see anything happen, it looks like you're up against the, or what you're up against is never going to change. I want you to take courage. God has a destiny moment for you personally. Hear me. It isn't just for those in the five-fold ministry. It isn't for those who just serve on staff in the church. Come on, somebody. It isn't for the spiritual man or woman in there. It's for every single one of you. You hear that. I want you to hear that. God has a destiny moment for you, but I haven't experienced it. What I have not touched in this series, and Lord willing, after this next week we talk on prayer, is actually some practical things you can do to align yourself for the destiny moment. So I'm just talking about biblical stories here of suddenlies and suddenlies, how I'm trying to stir up your spirit, man or woman, so you'll, uh, you know, you'll believe God. You'll believe God. So I want you to be encouraged, and I believe it's going to happen quicker than you thought, and God will move. How many of you know that a day is like a thousand years with the Lord? <laughs> so slowly, amen in that. I never really took a 1,000 years and divided it into 24 hours. So you mathematicians, someone do that for me. That's really brilliant and email me. So how long a second is in light of a 1,000 years? Does somebody know what I'm talking about? I haven't done that yet. So really, if you look at 20 years that we have been waiting for a church, is a snap. Come on, in, in, in God's kingdom, right? So some of you think, I've been waiting 35 years. It's just a vapor. It's just a snap in God's timetable. How many know he's without time? Amen. Well, I just have a few more minutes here. Pull up, if you would, 2 Kings 7. Another suddenly story. And this is about the Syrian army encamped against Israel. And here's the situation. This army is encamped, Amron, and they were starving them out, literally. They, it, it was a horrible situation. 2 Kings 7, verse 1 through 5. I left this part up, but I have a little bit I want to read before that. It says, Elisha answered the prophet. He said, listen to what the Lord says. So they're dying. The king, the, the chapter before, uh, is, is walking through the city, and there's a horrible story. It's unbelievable about two moms, and I can't even fathom it, that she tells the king that we both agreed that if we eat my son, I mean, it's actually in the Bible, then the next day we'll eat hers and, and we ate mine and, 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 and then she didn't let me, t I mean, it's like the king rents his robe and it's just a horrible, like, I can't, this is insane. And this is in the Bible. How many know everything the Bible is truthfully stated? It's there. It's, it's not hiding anything. And so it, it's this horrible situation. And so then Elijah shows up because he, declared this 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 famine, you know, no water, you know, not going to be no rain, and they wanted to kill him. And so he says, listen to what the Lord says. He shows up, they come to kill him. He goes, this is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow, you will be able to buy in Samaria 10 pounds of the best wheat or 20 pounds of barley for one piece of silver. And then I have this, it says, then the personal attendant of the king said to Elijah, that can't happen. Just say that with me, come on, just say 
that can't happen. He's right in the natural. It's insane. He said, not even if the Lord himself, here, there's, he had to be in a churchgoer. I bet he was one of those real loud spiritual people in church. Come on. That, that can, even if the Lord himself would have sent grain all at once. And what does the prophet do? He, he just doesn't step back. He, quite, he, was, he was bold. He was bold in that moment. And he said, you know what? You will see it, but you won't get to eat any of the food. Now, we, let me just unpack this very briefly here. The Bible says that in, in verse 3, there are four lepers. It's interesting. You know, the, the Bible is full of just interesting truths, spiritual truths. It said four lepers who were suffering from a dreaded disease outside the gate of Samaria. And they said to each other, you could pull up maybe the next verse, Second Kings 7. Why should we wait here until we die? <clears throat> they're going to die. So they're outside the city gate. There's starvation and cannibalism actually in there. And there's really... I think uh, only five horses left because they killed all the animals and they ate it. They're locked in the city. And so these lepers are outside. And it goes on to say, it's no use going to the city because we would starve to death in there. But if we stay here, we die also. So let's go to the Syrian camp. And the worst they could do is kill us. <laughs> these are guys were at the end. And maybe they will spare our lives. So as it began... Uh, to get dark, they went to the Syrian camp, but when they reached it, no one was there. Mm. Now, I want to interject where they say, why wait here till we die? This is a posture that, you know, a lot of passive Christians never ask the question. <clears throat> How many know sometimes there's death if you do nothing? And some of you need to do something. Now, I'm not trying to, once again, the running out before God, you and prayerfully, but some of you need to ask. How many know faith is an act? Faith is action. It's decision. It's not mental assent. <clears throat> I'm going to receive Christ in my life. I'm going to surrender him. So I'm going to confess. I'm going to receive. It's an action. It's a decision. How many see that same man? <clears throat> it's, it, it's it, you know, I wrote this down many times. Our destiny moments are just a decision away. I can remember through the season when we made the decision we're not going to build, and then a year and a half later, whatever, and this was the season was sensing a stirring where God was saying, ah, you know what, I'm going to say now's the time. I said, I just got up there. We just announced. I feel like a heel, you know, and, and, and God said, well, I say it's time. And I had to align with that, and I had to say, you know what? Yes, I feel God is saying in the season we need to move forward. How many with me say amen? It was just a decision. I made all by myself, but with the trustees and prayer and using wisdom. You could say that these were these four lepers, Hail Mary Pass. I mean, know what I'm talking about that, you know? Hey, listen, they could kill us, but they might give us some food. You know, we have an opportunity. I think of, for uh, I think it was Mark and Joel, uh, in 2009, we went to Progreso, Mexico, and we did a missions trip. And some of you heard this story, but on the way back, we got in the middle of a drug cartel shootout. It actually made the Echo Press. It was in the paper. So for those of you wondering, is he telling the truth? You can Google the Echo Press and read the story. I'm holding a 7.62 round right in my hand. It made the paper. We were in Progreso in the Main Street. It's a border. And we finished up with the missions trip. And... Uh, <clears throat> Next thing you know, we're walking down the street, and it was dead quiet, and there was a white pickup, and I'm like, and then the interpreter goes, we need to get out of here now. Well, we didn't listen to that. 
We're like, what's going on here? And then, guys, we dove in. Half of us dove into a, uh, a, a an animal clinic, like a little uh, 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 vet clinic. And Mark was with, and Mark ran into a uh, hair salon. <laughs> that was his. And so it was all these ladies getting their hair up, screaming. I'm just terrorized. So they closed the doors. It was riveting. And we had nowhere to go. We had no way out. There's a little window. I'm like, wow, great exit strategy on this one. Bullets were flying right over our head. And for 45 minutes, 30, 45 minutes, we were pinned down. Uh, actually, there was a video of it, uh, you know, just the noise of it. And it was very intense. And we didn't know what was happening. And uh, <clears throat> I can remember as that thing, I crawled out to the front and looking and some of the uh, Mexico federales like, get back inside. And like, we got to get out of here, you know. And there was a couple of people killed, thank God, not from our team, just people just in the stray with the bullets. And it's a harrowing thing. And my point was, is when in light of this verse, why sit here till we die? We just made a sentence like, we got to go. So I stepped out. The guys got out, ran down the back alley and and we made it. And then the missionary there was with said, we are stuck here for two or three days. There's no way we're getting across the border. And we were in walking distance from the border. <clears throat> I remember we just were there just going, what just happened? It was very shocking and <clears throat> very eerie in the moment. And and uh, uh, the missionary is like, we got to hunker down. We can stay at this house. I know where it's at. And we'll be here for two, three days. And in my spirit, I was like, no, we got to get across the border. We're getting out of here. And so the consensus was I send a couple of guys, go do a recon. I said, go get the van and go see if the gate. Now, bumper to bumper traffic for like miles trying to get across the border that initially you couldn't find one car in the whole city. The, the border was cleared. Crickets. The, the, the whole city emptied out within a matter of 20, 30 minutes. Like they dispensed everywhere. And they said, the border's open. Well, that's a funny statement today. <clears throat> the border's open <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> you can get across. And so uh, we just said, let's go. We ran and <laughs> they actually charged us 60 cents to get out. And I didn't have any change. <laughs> I said, I don't borrow. I said, can you give me 60 cents? I need someone to get me across the border. And so we made it and we kind of rallied in front of a gas station. And I remember us just saying, okay, how do we handle this? And what happened? And, and I think about all that, and, and I think about making the decision, and that was a life and death situation for us all, I believe, and uh, we made a decision, why sit here until we die, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> and sometimes you got to make decisions where you wake up and go, you know what, we need to act. And, 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 and here's the thing about it, and it, it was a horrible situation we knew in the natural uh, uh, it was a hopeless situation for the children of Israel, <clears throat> but they had to choose these lepers between multiple bad choices. They weren't really good choices. And when given the option, you know, they thought, well, we'll go down fighting. That's not necessarily true today. It's amazing how the federal government has put its control on so many people's lives and terrorized them to fear that they're in bondage even today it is amazing. So they thought, hey, we're going to die anyway, so let's go down to this camp. And something interesting says, the scripture says that God caused the Syrians, watch this, to hear the sound of speeding chariots. I was going to try to find some sound thing about chariots and galloping horses, but it didn't work. And just envision it in your mind. 
in your, in your ears. The footsteps of a vast army approaching, marching. And the Syrian king, the Bible says, thought the Israelites had hired several armies to attack them. Pull up, if you would, 2 Kings 7, 7. It says, suddenly then the Syrians panicked and fled into the night, leaving all their stuff, their horses, tents, food, and belongings. They left everything, everything. So what was that? That was God suddenly. That, that, that was God suddenly. That would happen suddenly. That was an impossible thing from cannibalism and starvation to everything turning around to your favor, everything, just in a few hours. That's insane. What was that? That was God causing their enemies to hurry out of their way. Amen? And so we know it is impossible. They didn't have a chance. But here's the thing. God is not limited by what you don't have. God is not intimidated by how big the opposition is. And so, so you, could, you could say that God multiplied the sound of these lepers' footsteps as they moved to the Syrian uh, and, and, and caused this huge army to flee. And they fled so quickly, they left everything. And I thought, well, what does that mean, leaving everything? 2022 means they left their iPhones, their iPads. Come on, their cars, their boats, their expensive cookware. Come on, God is able to give you things, okay, and, and to bless you. Uh, the bougie jeans and shoes, the Ikea tables, chairs. They left all the tools in their big screen TVs. They left everything, and they fled. How many with me say Amen. Pull this up. God knows how to eliminate the opposition quickly and leave a spoil for you. Can you say amen? <clears throat> now, here's the thing I find that's interesting. I'm almost done here. Is that while the lepers were walking, they didn't know what God was doing. But they made a decision in a bad situation that it was a number of bad choices. None of them really looked like it was going to turn out good. But they at least acted they did something. Come on, are you with me this morning? They, so, so, but they didn't know what God was doing, but we can read the scripture now and know what God was doing, right? They could not hear what the enemy was hearing. I want you to get that. Everything seemed normal to them. But how many know that God was doing something supernaturally, even though you didn't know? You didn't know. <clears throat> Some of you, you don't know what God is up to right now, and you're believing the Lord, and you're doing the right thing. Everything may seem like it's just the same, but here's the thing. God is talking to your enemies. Did you hear that? God, God is talking to your enemies. I can't tell you how many times the situation you think this was a negative situation, and this person moved on or whatever, and they've come and apologized to me for something. I'm like, whoa, what brought that on? God speaking. God speaking to people. God, how many know, can speak to the opposition, let's put it that way, or, you know, in the midst of the rift or whatever it may be. God is talking. He's causing them to hear what he wants them to hear. <laughs> I think that's interesting. Well, Pastor Mike, stand with me if you would, please. I'm going to close with this. This all sounds very encouraging, <clears throat> but I don't believe it's going to happen to me or even happen quickly to me. I've been dealing with this issue this situation, maybe this person, this relationship, maybe this child for a long, long time. It ain't going to happen. Or like the personal attendant that said, this is an impossible situation as we read. 
even if God would open the heavens, basically, there's not going to be enough grain. And what did the prophet say? He said, you're going to see it, but you won't experience it. You know what happened? When this happened, they sent the some of the five spies out on the five donkeys or horses that were left. And they went in the camp because while they were eating, they were burying their gold. The four lepers were like chomping away and biscuits and gravy and everything else. And they're hiding stuff. They went, wait a minute. We need to let the city know. This is God's miracle. This is, we need to let them know. And so they go back to the city and they tell the authorities and the king goes, no, it's a trap. They're waiting for us to come so they kill us. They said, we'll send out five spies. They send them out and they go through and they check. There's nowhere to be seen. The Syrians, they're gone. They're running, elbows and heels. The place is true. What happened is the attendant that had charge of the city gate, he opened and closed it. He was pretty influential. The people busted the gate down and the gate collapsed on him and killed him and they stampeded him to death. He saw it. He said, God can't do it. This is an impossibility. And the prophet said, you'll see it, but you won't experience it. Well, Pastor Mike, that's fine. But I don't believe it's going to happen. You're absolutely right. It won't happen to you if you don't believe. It's for believers. This is for people that will let the seed of God's word take root in their life. Hallelujah. It's for people, believers, that will dare to say, God, I agree with what your word says about this situation. And that you're going to hasten your word to perform and turn this horrible thing around for me, Lord. I believe for a quick work. Lord, I believe that the enemies are hurrying out of my way. Once again, I know things take time. But I just want to conclude with this. The key to victory many times is that you just persevere. You outlast what the enemy is throwing at you. In conclusion here, I remember uh, John Osteen, the father of Joel Osteen, and many of you know who he is. And John, though, was asked by a reporter when they moved from one facility to the next. And the church was growing and, and it began to expand. And, and uh, he said, what is the secret? What, what's the secret? What's the, what can you tell us? It'll stick the mic, mic moment, you know? What, what did you do in this community that made your church so successful? And, you know, from the natural, you know, they're just naturally looking at it. And he could have said a lot of things. And he said, you know what? I just outlasted the opposition. They're all dead. <laughs> and I think about that when I started the church. I would go to some of the AA meetings and godly men and some women there. And there was 30 or 40 of them. And, I remember just raising my hand, sharing something one time, and I kind of was castigated, and I was straightened out. I was corrected in front of all these other pastors. I was like, okay, I'll shut my mouth. <clears throat> but I outlived them all. <laughs> and I'm still here, and I'm one of the old guys. <clears throat> still fit, but I'm one of the old guys. Come on. And, 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 and praise be to God. My point was is perseverance. And that's actually what John said. He says, I outlasted the opposition. You know, I just, I'm, I'm still here. And God has harvest here for a reason. It's not a flyback. We're entering a new season. It's carol season. It's a season, watch this, that many of you are going to be doing things in ministry and ministering to other people, family, friends, and salvation. I'm believing God too. I know I'm jumping around here. But I'm believing God that this time of prayer and fasting is going to be what our name is. God said it's going to be harvest. It's going to be family members and friends coming to Christ. So you need to know in this next year, these three days, people that you're praying for, 
people that you're leaving for. That 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 that's a focus. He even told me about Proverbs chapter one, how it talks about you know my son, my daughter, don't follow after wicked men that want to shed innocent blood. And he talks about how you know they bring you know, condemnation and judgment on themselves. It talks about the church in there, and it talks about pastors in there, and it talks about how to follow and to heed the word of the local church and the pastors. I thought it was very interesting interpretation there, reading it from a different translation. Every head bowed here this morning, if you would, please. I just outlasted the opposition. <clears throat> Faith is action. Faith is decision. You make a decision. You choose to believe or not. Indecision is a decision. Those four lepers could have said, you know what? Let's go back in the city and just die. We've never read anything about them if they didn't. In a horrible situation, and it wasn't even a, a good choice and a bad choice. It was two horrible choices. Both of them most likely would have led to death in the natural. But God was moving. So I want to encourage you. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I feel like that. I feel like the four lepers and I just feel like there's just there's just no good outcome just the outcome just does not seem hopeful I want to encourage you number one is to get right with God to get right with Jesus so how do I do that is to be born again once again faith is action it's decision you know what? You can take a step of faith here this morning, those of you watching online, without any emotion, without any fanfare, without nothing, but just vocally, by the words in your mouth, can change the course of your life in this moment right now. This is the most important part right now in the service, this moment. For those of you here, you say, you know what? I don't want to sit here until I die. I want what God has. And I, I'm going to choose to believe He's got a destiny moment for me, my family, my situation. So the first step is the step of faith. And if that's you, I'd like you to pray this prayer. It's a simple prayer, but it's a very powerful prayer. It's of you repenting and receiving Christ in your life and giving your life. Surrender the reins of your life to him. You don't have to be an adult only, a grandfather, a grandmother. No, you could be a young person, a teenager. You could be 12 years old, 14 years old. You could be a teenager. It doesn't matter. God will hear your heart cry. That's you here this morning. Let's pray together. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for saving me. I make a decision to follow you the rest of my life. I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer, which I believe you did, God meant it. He is moving on your behalf. He's going to do, I believe, a quick work in your life. And we want to help you on your journey. We want to help you in your faith. There's tremendous godly men and women here in this church that you could meet with, to connect with, to help you on your journey. Amen, church. I want to invite all the workers to come forward as we conclude. These are safe people. They're here to pray for you, to minister to you, to lay hands on you. Um, they are prayed up. They are uh, godly people. I want to encourage you. So you know what? I just maybe there's someone I just need to talk to or 
I, I, you don't have to be real detailed. You can really be brief and just have the prayer of agreement. They're here for you. I want to encourage you. Don't just leave here without having this opportunity for prayer to be ministered. Whether it's a healing situation, they lay hands on you, or something they would prophetically declare over your life. These are, these are godly people. Amen? Father, I bless the people of God here today. Thank you for their attentiveness. Those who have been watching online, I just thank you, Lord. Your spirit is moving on behalf of each and every one of us. And Lord, help us to recognize this Kairos moment that you have us in. This is a time of action. This is a time of decision. This is not a time to say, why sit here till we die? Faith is action. It's decision. You're moving in your people. Move in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.